Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the global financial markets, including a special focus on the Kenyan markets. And in order to deliver on this objective, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the local markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. This podcast is targeted at the individual with an interest in the financial markets, but who probably doesn't have the time for research and analysis. That is why I created the Market Color podcast to call it and analyze the data on your behalf and to present it in a brief and concise manner that is easy for you to consume. Ladies and gentlemen, this year is episode number 53. And as mentioned in the previous episode, to commemorate the first anniversary of the Market Color podcast, I'm in the process of writing a book that will help our listeners to develop a better understanding of the global financial markets. So this week, we are reviewing the performance of the global markets during the 17th week of 2023, and that is from Monday the 24th to Friday the 28th of April. And without further ado, this is your host, Jamu Huri, and together, let's dive right in. We kick it off in the United States, where according to economic data released on Friday, the Fed's preferred measure of inflation rose in the month of March, and this is despite aggressive rate hikes by the Federal Reserve. The core PCE, that is the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, that excludes food and energy prices, increased by 0.3% for the month, and 4.6% on an annual basis. The headline number, which includes the food and energy components, rose just 0.1% for the month and 4.2% on an annual basis, which was a significant decline from 5.1% in the previous month of February. Whilst the PCE inflation remained below the peak of 7% that was hit in June 2022, it is still well above the Federal Reserve's target level of 2%, providing a further evidence that inflation remains sticky and increasing the probability that the Fed will continue to hike interest rates. And staying in the United States, Economic growth slowed down considerably during the first quarter of 2023 as inflation and rate hikes appeared to take hold of the U.S. economy. The U.S. Commerce Department reported on Thursday that the gross domestic product for quarter 1 2023, which is a measure of all the goods and services produced during that period, 
rose at an annualized pace of 1.1%. This was a significant decline from GDP growth of 2.6% that was recorded in the fourth quarter of 2022. The GDP data confirms that the aggressive rate hikes by the Federal Reserve are having their intended consequence of slowing down economic growth so as to bring inflation under control. And in the U.S. banking sector, the banking crisis is not yet over as the shares of another regional bank dropped sharply on Friday. The bank by the name of First Republic saw its shares plummet more than 50% during the session to hit an intraday low of below $3 per share. Reports indicate that unless a rescue deal is reached quickly, the bank is now headed for receivership and comes shortly after the failure of two other regional banks in the previous month of March. And across the Atlantic, initial data released on Friday showed that the Eurozone economy grew by a marginal 0.1% in the first quarter of 2023. It is therefore no surprise that the German economy, which is the largest in the Eurozone, also stagnated in the first quarter of this year. The marginal growth in the first quarter reflects an economy that has to contend with persistently high inflation. This inflation has been driven by higher energy prices as European consumers have lost access to Russian gas supplies due to sanctions imposed for the full-scale invasion of Ukraine. In the U.S. stock market, the Dow Jones Industrial Average rose on Friday to record its best month since January. The blue chip index gained 272 points to close the session at 34,098, while the S&P 500 added 0.8% to finish off at 4,169, and the Nasdaq Composite advanced 0.7%, to end the session at 12,226. For the month of April, the Dow was up 2.5%, while the S&P logged a monthly gain of 1.5%. However, the Nasdaq was broadly flat for the month, even though it rose 1.3% on a weekly basis. In the U.S. stock market, U.S. Treasury yields declined on Friday as investors digested key economic data that could impact the Federal Reserve's upcoming policy decision. The central bank is set to meet this coming week on the 2nd and 3rd of May and is expected to hike rates by a further 25 basis points. However, the yield on the 10-year Treasury bond fell nearly 9 basis points to 3.439%, while the yield on the policy-sensitive two-year Treasury note was last down around 6 basis points to trade at 4.037%. For your information, bond yields and prices move in opposite directions, and 1 basis point is equivalent to 0.01%. 
In the commodity markets, oil prices rose on Friday after U.S. data showed that crude oil output was declining while fuel demand was growing. According to the Energy Information Administration, U.S. crude oil production fell to 12.5 million barrels per day, and that was in the month of February, as fuel demand rose to nearly 20 million barrels per day. The international benchmark Brent crude rose 1.5% to trade at 79.50 U.S. dollars a barrel, whilst the U.S. benchmark West Texas Intermediate increased 2.7% to 76.78 U.S. dollars a barrel. Uh, Meanwhile, Marban oil, which Kenya imports, declined to $78 a barrel from $82 the previous week. In the precious metals market, the price of gold bounced back on Friday on renewed concerns over the U.S. banking crisis that put the safe haven asset on course for its second consecutive monthly gain. And this was despite data of steady U.S. inflation that reinforced bets for another rate hike this coming week. And as you're well aware, higher interest rates diminish the appeal for the zero-yielding asset that is gold. Meanwhile, the price of gold gained 0.5% to close the week price at just below $2,000 per ounce. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets, and this week we begin by looking at the cost of living in the country. As the Kenya National Bureau of Statistics reported on Friday, overall inflation declined to a 10-month low of 7.9% in the month of April, and this is compared to 9.2% in the previous month of March. The decline in inflation was mainly attributed to lower food prices following the onset of the long rains, which has boosted the production of certain fast-growing vegetable items. And as a consequence, food inflation declined to 10.1% in April from 13.4% the previous month, while fuel inflation declined marginally but remained elevated at 13.2%, and this was mainly due to higher electricity prices. And in the meantime, core inflation, that is non-food, non-fuel inflation, also declined to 4.1% in the month of April compared to 4.4% that was recorded the previous month. And in the foreign exchange market, during the past week, the Kenya shilling continued to depreciate versus the major international currencies, but remained stable and resilient versus the regional currencies. According to data from the central bank, the Kenya shilling was trading at 135.91 versus the U.S. dollar compared to 135.19 the previous week. However, commercial banks were selling the U.S. dollar at between 138 shillings on the lower side to 146 shillings on the higher side. Meanwhile, the sterling pound was priced at 169.36 and the euro was valued at 149.72. And on the regional front, one Kenya shilling was changing hands for 27.66 Ugandan shillings 
and 17.29 Tanzanian shillings. And to the Rwandese franc, it was posted at 8.18. It is still my considered opinion that the Kenya shilling will continue to depreciate for the foreseeable future as the country remains weighed down by excessive foreign external debts and as our debt to GDP ratio now stands at above 70% and our debt repayments consume about 60% of total revenue collections. On foreign exchange reserves during the past week, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves decreased by $31 million to $6.508 billion, which is equivalent to 3.62 months of import cover. This amount remains below the required threshold and is in breach of the central bank's statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. Kenya's foreign exchange reserves have now declined to their lowest level in the past 10 years, and this is the result of increased foreign debt repayments coupled with the country's inability to access the international financial markets due to the high cost of U.S. dollar debt. In the money markets, the liquidity situation in the interbank market remained tight during the past week as tax remittances to the government exceeded and more than offset government payments into the market. Commercial banks' excess reserves in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement stood at 22.1 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active with the average interbank rate recorded at a high of 9.28%. This is compared to 8.81% that was recorded the previous week. During the week, the average value traded in the interbank market decreased to 18.1 billion shillings from 29.7 billion shillings the previous week. In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 27th of April, and the central bank received bids totaling 9 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a dismal performance of just 37%. Meanwhile, interest rates increased marginally but remained stable, as the bulk of the bids, about 6.6 billion shillings, were concentrated at the short end of the yield curve, where the 91-day rate increased by 11 basis points to 10.27%, while the 182-day rate ticked up by 3.4 basis points to 10.51%, and the 364-day rate rose by 6.5 basis points, to 11.12%. For your information, one basis point is equivalent to 0.01%, and therefore 100 basis points is equivalent to one percentage point. In the primary bond market, the Central Bank of Kenya last week published the prospectus for the May bond issue and is inviting bids from the public for the sale of a new three-year fixed-coupon treasury bond whose reference number is FXD1-2023-0001. stroke 
stroke 003. The central bank is looking to raise 20 billion shillings from the sale of this bond, whose coupon will be market determined. This bond is now open for sale until the 9th of May 2023. And here is a quick summary of the key interest rates in the Kenyan financial markets. We start off with the central bank rate, which is a rate that the central bank uses to signal and transmit its monetary policy intentions. This is currently at 9.5%, while the interbank rate, which represents the basic cost of funds and is the rate at which commercial banks borrow and lend money to each other, is now hovering at around 9.4%. And on the investment side of things, the 91-day Treasury bill, which represents the risk-free rate of return and is the rate at which the government borrows money from the public, is now trading at 10.27%. And on the cost of living, Kenya's rate of inflation is now at 7.9%, which means that the prices of goods and services has increased by that percentage over the past 12 months. The rate of inflation is also a good indicator of the minimum rate required for any investment to deliver a positive real rate of return. And turning to the Nairobi Securities Exchange, during the past week, the equity market was on an upward trajectory, as the NASI and the NSC20 both increased by 0.7%, while the NSC25 rose by 0.6%. Similarly, market capitalization and equity turnover also increased by 0.7% and 8.2% respectively, whilst total shares traded declined by 17.4%. Meanwhile, foreign investors assumed a net selling position and accounted for 61% of total market sales during the past week. And in the bond market, turnover in the domestic secondary market declined by 28% during the past week. And in the international markets, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds increased by an average of 86 basis points. However, the yield on the 10-year eurobond that matures in 2024 declined by 116 basis points from 15.5% to 14.34% this past week. Next up is the topical issue, and this week we are reviewing Kenya's debt repayments vis-a-vis -vis recurrent expenditure. For the first time in Kenya's history, debt repayments have surpassed recurrent expenditure. And according to data from the Treasury, Kenya's debt repayments for the first nine months of the current financial year exceeded what the national government spent on recurrent expenses, such as salaries for civil servants. During the first nine months of the current fiscal year, Kenya spent 815 billion shillings on debt repayments. That means that debt repayments gobbled up about 58% of the total revenue collections for that period, which totaled 1.39 trillion shillings. With debt consuming such a large portion of the budget, the balance left over is barely sufficient 
to cater for recurrent expenditure, leave alone development expenditure, which is critical for driving economic growth. Kenya's national debt increased more than fourfold from less than 2 trillion shillings to about 9 trillion shillings during the presidency of Uhuru Kenyatta. And according to the International Monetary Fund, the surge in debt has now put the country at a high risk of debt default. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you as always for listening to the Market Color podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. For your information, the Market Color podcast is now available on all the major hosting directories, that is Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Please subscribe and remember to turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address, and that is jamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support. I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And in the meantime, please do have yourselves a blessed and fruitful week ahead. And remember, it's not a question of what you can do, but rather how good you are. And then realizing there are different levels, which means you can always get better. To fully understand that quote, I recommend you watch the NBA highlights of Game 7 between the Kings and the Warriors. Watch it. Think about it. Thank you and God bless.